Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, let's get started on a day. The alarm goes off in the morning. Then it's out of bed. It's in the shower. May seem like autopilot, but the whole time, you're taking things in. You're thinking about your day. You get something to eat. I like cereal. You grab your bag. Maybe you're texting people. There's headphones in. You're making decisions. This whole time, because you're conscious, you're not a robot. But when you step back, what is that? That feeling of being you, more than just a body, more than just a brain, the sense of self, all this is happening. As you might expect, that is really hard to answer, and I've got questions. Here we are, all together yet totally separate. My mind is mine, yours is yours, for the Consciousness Show. What does it mean that we're doing this right now? We're going to explore this, kind of talk around it, see where we are in terms of the understanding. Is it awareness? Is it feelings? It's more than just feelings, right? It's an experience. We've got two very smart people to help us. First, Sue Blackmore, writer, lecturer, professor, University of Plymouth. Second, Anil Seth, professor, University of Sussex and the author of a new book called Being You, A New Science of Consciousness. Yes, we are back in the UK for this one. Going to start out with Sue kind of laying some groundwork. Even where we are now, 2023, all these brain scans, this is still really hard to figure out. One of the strangest things about consciousness is that after all these years of research, there's still no definition. Consciousness, it is very tricky to define, but intuitively we all know what it is. It's what you lose when you fall into a dreamless sleep or for anyone who's had general anesthesia. It's what goes away. We feel like we are the main character in the movie of what it is to be me or to be you. How and why? That's what we want to know, right? Also with this, it's the philosophical versus the science. Is this, whatever it is, something special or can it be explained? And the more we learn, the less room there seems to be for subjective experience, for the what it's like. I mean, I'm looking out at some trees. It's really windy here at the moment, and I can see them all waving backwards and forwards. Now, that experience, we can look in the brain and say, oh, well, visual cortex is doing this, and the color parts of visual cortex are doing that. But that doesn't get at this problem. It's one of those big questions that still people argue about. What's the function of consciousness? A famous biologist long ago said, nothing in biology makes sense except in light of evolution. And consciousness is such a dramatic, obvious feature of our everyday lives that it's easy to take for granted, but we shouldn't. And the likelihood is it's very important for what we do. I think one idea that appeals to me is if you think about what it's like to be conscious, it means that we experience lots of different sources of information together. Now, I open my eyes. It's not just that I see things. I can hear things. I can smell things. I can taste, touch things, all brought together in a single experience. Ultimately, I think consciousness is about the brain and the body experiencing, perceiving the world in a way that helps us survive. Theories as to why it may be with us. One, we sort of need a workspace to sort things out. 
something that combines all the different info that's coming in. The illusion, you know, the two faces or a vase or a vase where you can switch between them. That's sort of an example here. You're working in your workspace and you can consciously go back and forth. Another idea is motivation. This helps propel us through the day. Humans are always seeking something because there's something telling us in the back of our heads, keep on going. I think that's right. So we have this intrinsic sense of motivation. Yeah, we want good things. We want to feel better. Things in life tend to feel bad or good or some variation on that theme. I think that even applies to how we experience the world around us. It's still this emotional tinge to whether things are bad or good. Yeah, that's the power of consciousness for us. It takes in a lot of information from the world and the body and suggests to the brain what to do next. I saw this quote reading up on this. Without consciousness, would it really matter whether you lived five more years or 500 if you didn't feel like you? Also, where do you place it? I feel like it's up near the top of my head, but maybe that's just the voice in my head. And here's a wild thing. Not everybody has that. I have a pretty constant dialogue. It's my voice. I hear it. It talks in my head. And it turns out there is a difference between inner voice and inner thoughts. There's this incredible individual difference in how we experience being conscious. You know, some people have this very vivid voice in the head. Other people have thoughts that mainly appear as sequences of images. And from the outside, it's almost impossible to recognize this because nobody can be the other person. We just only know directly our own way of being in the world. If you are the images kind of person, tell me more. I want to know. There are these differences. The voice in the head. For me, I think that's part of being conscious, but it's certainly not the only thing. I just think it speaks to the way that there are many different styles of, of being conscious, of, of being a self. Does that then also make you wonder about reality? Because we're all different. I mean, we've done a lot on perception in other shows. The dress in the color show, blue or black or white or gold, the one that went viral. It was real to me, what I saw, but maybe that color scheme wasn't real to you. I love this example of the dress. I, I, I do still use it all the time. The fascinating thing about the dress is not so much that it revealed this quirk of human visual perception where some people see it one way and other people see it another way. It's just the level of disagreement that people had. People that saw it as blue and black really found it very hard to believe that anybody else could see it differently. And I think this is really revealing. And it's because, at least in part, because you know, when we have an experience, it really does seem to us that our brains have nothing to do with it, that that's just the world. We're just looking at it in a, in a very objective, independent way. Well, what the dress revealed is that is not true, that for the exact same objective reality, two people can inhabit very different subjective realities. All right. So all that was to get us back to something we originally had at the beginning. Is this experience special, inherently special? Is it a spark or is it just mechanical is it your brain doing brain stuff we can't solve it yet but at the end of the day maybe it's just electrical firings creating all of this for you you get some neurologists and psychologist types together that's what you might hear and when they say that it makes people some people unhappy and i'm very sympathetic to that now on the one hand i can you know I'm a scientist, but I'm also a person. Yeah, you ask the question so many people, I want to be special. I want to be something important. That doesn't spoil the fact that I'm unique. Everybody's different in this world. And each of us has a different life and tries to make, I hope, tries to make the best of what life they got handed with, they emerged in. I don't think it makes it makes one less special. 
but I can understand why many people do. And they're afraid of that and they don't like it. That's right. I think it's there. I think it's the product of a very complicated and as yet not really very well understood set of biological processes. It's not just some sort of ethereal form of information that's really part of what it means to be alive. So the pushback becomes, and maybe you're doing it now, I can't describe why, but I know you're wrong. I know that's not the case somewhere deep down, which opens up another question. Where does that come from? Well, who knows? This is a mental gymnastics kind of show. One more that I saw, and then we'll get out of here. Maybe we're never going to figure this out because for some reason we just literally can't. It might be true. You can't rule it out. There's this idea that the brain just cannot understand itself because it would have to be more complicated than the brain. You wouldn't ask like a frog to understand cryptocurrency, right? There are limits on things that certain types of brain can understand. So maybe consciousness is within this domain of things that the human brain is unable to grasp. But I don't see any reason to be that pessimistic. The beautiful thing about human civilization is that it's cumulative, it's incremental. We've got something fundamentally wrong, is my impression. I think we need to throw out all these illusions, all the traps we fall into before we can even begin to get a really seriously working answer to the question, what is consciousness, why do we have it, and all these tricky things that we've, that we've raised here. We're at the bar now, because this also occurs to me, this is a very good like late night at the bar conversation. You know, when you start tackling the big stuff. I had fun. How about you? Unsure if we're doing one of these next week, because I'm going on vacation soon. But uh, on a Thursday to come, we'll have other things like the Ice Age, Air Force flyovers, thank you for that question, and Bigfoot. We'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 